everyone. Welcome to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily, and I have with me Chase. What up? <laughs> and we are a horror paranormal podcast that we like telling each other very scary stories that are true and all over the world. And we try to scare each other while we have some drinks. <laughs> and Chase is having... I'm having, I'm having the craziest, craziest drink of all time. Water. Ice yeah. water from a... One of those vacuum flask things, so it's super cold and delicious, you know, fancy. Well, it's very ancient, the the liquid. So <laughs> I find that very fascinating. And as for me, I am having boxed wine, <laughs> and and I just had a shot of rum. Baby Woo! drinks. Yeah, my baby drinks. She's having baby drinks. Oh no, tiny drinks. Wine. I remember. I don't. I forgot what we called it. Yeah. And um, so the thing is, they're both terrible quality because it's 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 the captain, the rum. It's awful. <laughs> And the box wine you're drinking, oh man, I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I this is the only box wine we've ever had. I've never this is the yeah. first time we bought it. Right, right, right. And it's awful. And it said winner of like 50 gold awards, but there was another box that had 70 gold awards. And I was like, Lily, you should get this one. She's like, No, no, no. I'm getting I the 50. I just don't know where these awards are coming from, and that is just <laughs> so many that I feel like it's. It's just like a BS contest. Oh, yeah, you know one is like Ryan's shack in his garage. He's like, Ryan's shack gives this the box wine he seal gives of approval. 30, and you're like, boom. <laughs> like five of the gold medals are his alone. <laughs> I like the uh, idea of box wine, but we're going to have to try a different brand next time because I don't like it. We're not going to slight on that oh, one. Oh, I'm not going to mention what it is. Um, it's, you know, it's fine it's if rough. you've had a few drinks and then you come home and you're like, you know, I don't want to drink my nice wine. I'll have this crap. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not going to, like, appreciate it. But it's a rough way to start. Yeah, it's not a good way to end it, too. So I don't know what I'm saying. So what she's trying to say is that she's <laughs> going to have a rough tomorrow, and she's going to need to listen to one of our episodes tomorrow Yeah, I'll to just have it. to go back. Well, before we start, uh, any of you listeners who happen to like both science fiction movies and film discussion, be sure to check out the upcoming episode of Dead Letter Movies. Dead Letter Movies is a podcast run by our friends Andrew and Tim, where they discuss their opinions on movies, both classic and contemporary, and their episodes have specific themes or ideas that inform their movie choices for that episode. The episodes are so much fun to listen to, and they demonstrate both uh, both of their love and knowledge of movies. These guys know yeah. movies, so their conversations are really smart. They're really good. It's not just some guy saying, and, I like it, I don't like it. Like it's, and it's it, vast. It's I think one of the things that I really liked about it is that you know, even though they have their own opinions and they're actually like, I wouldn't say necessarily maybe the most popular opinion, but it is definitely a common opinion that they might share with many people who've seen the movie. But then they also acknowledge the other side and they say, I can see why someone would like it or yeah. like appreciate it for what it is. And I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard all the episodes, but um, the ones that I have, they're pretty, they're pretty funny and, and they're not and all around about yeah, it. But like you said, they're not shy to just straight up say if, if a movie's like really well coveted or loved by a group They're like yeah it's just not for me oh yeah like, exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying which yeah. is good i like that kind of honesty so we were honored to actually be guests on an upcoming episode which should be out within a week uh in it we discuss both blade runner and minority report two films released 20 years apart but are based on material from science fiction writer philip k dick probably one of the guys who's had more things adapted from his work than mm -hmm. most so we were guests on the podcast about a year ago as well when we discussed the third conjuring film but in that episode, we were it was just you, me, and Andrew. But this time, we were lucky, and we were able to do Andrew and Tim. Yeah, the whole crew was there. Yeah, and so we're pretty excited about that. We recorded it on Zoom this morning, so we're doing a double podcast day, uh, which is pretty 
unique for us. Yeah. Uh, but it's been fun, and it's been far too long since you and me have been able to have like deep dive discussions in the movies. Like when we watch a new movie, we talk about it and we we kind of you know probe each other's opinions, but we don't do like deep, complicated dives into it. And it was oh, real yeah. exciting to to just see how they do it and kind of feel like we were slightly included in it and that felt really good because like you could tell they they like had this down and we were just like along for the ride I was like I think I should give an opinion right now (laughs) I have a thought please it was awesome and it's usually like bounces off something they've already said and I was like I will elaborate through this because I have no opinion of my own (laughs) it was it was so awesome though because it just yeah it just felt like the film theory classes I used to take where it's just it's really good discussion it's really fun to hear yeah So the Dead Letter Movie Podcast has been producing episodes for many years, and I strongly urge any movie fans listening to the show to check it out. Pick an episode that tickles you. Episode 70 covers both The Thing and Signs, which is perfect material for Hair the Werewolf fans. And in a few days, you can also hear the episode that Lily and I are on as well. So keep an eye out for that. You can find episodes on their website, deadlettermovies.com, all one word. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's just the heads up. It was super awesome to be on the episode. These guys run a great show, and it was really fun to be there. Yeah, it's super fun. All right, so on to our very scary stuff. And I think, as tradition, I should go first. <laughs> Always. I just, it helps me gauge on how well I'm going to do. Yeah. So if you do if you do poorly, I have to do poorly as well, just to make sure that you don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. And if you do great, then, you know, then I'm still going to do poorly because I'm bad at this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Always with the mind games with you. <laughs> Okay, so my story for today is The Dark Mirror. Uh-oh, a, mi- a haunted mirror? A haunted, well, arguably, but yes, it's a haunted mirror that has caused hundreds of people to experience very strange visions when mm. they peer into it. Very Oculus. Very Oculus, yeah, that's exactly. So so just just so I can get this straight... I haven't looked too deeply into it, mm-hmm. uh, but apparently mirrors being a source of fear for people yeah. is a really big thing. It's actually, yeah, like it, it really is a, um, like a phobia, you know, like it's a, it's a big one for a lot of people. Well, and so this is weird. So, so what I'm about to say is interesting because I also hate mirrors, but not for the same <laughs> reason. Most people that, that we're talking about here, they're actually terrified that they're, they might see like a ghost or a demon or they'll see like the reflection looking the wrong way or something like that something that'll terrify them i hate mirrors because i hate seeing myself so i just don't want them in the room it's not because i'm it's not because i'm scared i'm gonna is it because you're vain i think it's more that i'm gonna realize damn i really need to go exercise more today so uh just a reminder that you haven't run that day or anything it's the opposite of vanity whatever you call that i guess it's true unvain you're like, I'd rather not know what I look like. <laughs> Self-loathing. Let's go with that. <laughs> Denial, I think. So anyway, so any of you listeners who are terrified of mirrors, this might be a particularly tickling episode. Uh, and I am going to uh, sit back and try to understand the fear. Yes, I know it's not a big one for you, but it is a big one for a lot of people. So the process of looking through a mirror and seeing something, oftentimes it's a practice. It's called scrying also known by various names like seeing or peeping. Mm. It's the practice of looking into a reflection in the hope of detecting significant messages or visions. The objective might be personal, uh, like personal guidance, prophecies, revelation, inspiration, but scrying in, in various forms 
also has a means of divination or fortune telling, which is like probably the most common, I don't want to say trope, but you know, whenever you go through a, some movie, like even in Snow White, you know, Mirror, Mirror oh. on the Wall, you know, like to show you things, to show you in the future for, for that kind of purpose. So real, real quick story. I'd heard the term scribe before, had no idea what it meant. It was the name of a magazine that came out monthly back in the day. Oh. And it was it was a magazine devoted to Magic the Gathering people. Oh. Like that card game people used to play. And so the only reason I know it is I used to work at a comic shop and we would sell it. And like The Wizard was the comic book magazine and Toy Fair was for toys and Scry was for Magic and I think other collectible card games. And I just thought it was a weird word. I thought it was a word they created or was related to the game. That make the game of some sort of... It's yeah. kind of cool to know that it's actually like a supernatural thing. I think it might be then. Um, yeah, because I don't... I didn't write this down, but it comes from the word... I think it's like discry, discry or something like oh. that. And it means to... Not premonition, but to have a... a like... Just a vision or you well see vision or some sort of uh like foresight of some sort i don't mm. know it, it was more loosely used but in this specific instance it literally means like to see something through a mirror or some sort of reflection all right yeah historically mirrors and other reflective surfaces have been used for many different reasons for example in mesoamerican culture it was believed that a mirror can allow people to see into other realms without mm. Without being part of it. So, like, sure. you can't interact, but you can see. It's through. a window, not actually. It's a mirror. window, yeah. right. In ancient Greece, it was used to see into the future. They'd hold the mirror by a string above water and gently lower it until it just barely touches it, causing a ripple. The ripple reflecting off the mirror turned into other images of the future, which we've kind of seen in movies where the mirror kind of like ripples. Oh, yeah, you like when they're doing the. From Wayne's World when they're like, we right. got to go into the vision. We're art. going in the past. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> so they've been they've been doing it since way back in the day. Yeah. I mean, who knew how cultured Wayne's World really was? <laughs> Geniuses. <laughs> Geniuses. So mirrors have been used in burial rituals as well, sometimes even buried with the dead because it was believed to capture the soul. So, so being buried with it meant that the soul is secured and won't wander off. So it stays yeah. with the body. Which I guess would have been the goal instead of releasing the soul, but I don't know. Different different perspectives, I guess. Different goals. Interesting. I have thoughts about what happens if you're like buried with it, but the mirror breaks because I grew up with the whole seven years bad luck uh, mm. superstition. Anyway, do you even talk, <laughs> do you have stuff about that, the breaking I, mirrors? I don't, actually. So I never understood where that came from, but I remember when I was a kid, I... I was really bad with superstitious stuff. When I heard about a superstition, for mm -hmm. some reason, I believed it was true. Like, well, you're don't a little kid, under... and the, sometimes you hear them from adults too, who are scared. Yeah, absolutely, you're like, well, maybe I should be scared too. <laughs> I don't know. Well, when you started dating me, I had a lot of superstitions, like the kiss the roof when you go under a yellow light. Oh my gosh, yeah. Don't <laughs> walk under ladders if black cats run in front of you. That you don't know. It's it's strange black cats. It's not like if you own a black cat or your neighbor has one. It's different. It's only black cats like the, you don't know. Like the randos. And yeah. yeah. If they run in front of you, that's bad luck. And if a mirror breaks, that's seven years bad luck. And these are all these things that I worked on, and you beat them out of me. <laughs> not not physically. You didn't actually like, hit me. Man, I'm not... 
but that you were, aggressive you were, about you it. like forced me to like literally confront them. I think the one that you hated the most was the spilling the salt and throwing it over your oh, shoulder. Oh, that drove me insane. Because you'd walk into the kitchen, you're like, why is there salt everywhere? And I was like, I don't want to <laughs> die. Or like the counter. And then I remember being like, I think it's supposed to be like a teeny tiny amount of salt. But you're like, anyway, here's like a can of salt. And I don't think it's because I ever really fully believed in the superstition behind it. It's just that I do have very, at times, very hard to control obsessive compulsive disorder in right very... and and to you it's a ritual it's something that you have exactly. to do right, but right, right. i've stopped all of them i don't do any of them anymore yeah. i don't throw the salt i don't kiss the roof i don't worry I, i've walked under ladders a million times uh i hope osha's not listening right now <laughs> osha's already writing their ticket <laughs> but uh yeah no no superstitions all right back yes. to the mirrors back to the mirrors well you know that's all stuff from the history but from what i understand scrying is making a resurgence in the psychic and new age eras of people going to expos as well. So we might hear about it a little bit more going forward. Yeah, very possible. Now, although crystal balls may have been the more common tool or like the more traditional, like when people think about looking through the future, you know, obviously, but black mirrors are actually being preferred these days or some sort of mirror. They're kind of trending, if you will. I've never seen one in real life, but I've heard the term. Yeah, exactly. So now, the reason why I probably didn't know about the whole background of seven years bad luck when you break a mirror, because I'm not trying to do mirrors in general. Yeah, yeah, you have a specific one. Yeah, so we're talking about this mirror and why it's crazy. Well, if you ever cover another mirror, look that up and let's cover that. Yeah, I'll try to remember that for sure. I'll forget, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how many haunted mirrors could there be? I say that knowing that someone's like going to email us and be like, there's like there over 400 haunted mirrors. Like, actually, oh. quite a few because I was Damn. trying to narrow it down and I narrowed it down to this one. All right. Yeah. So a little backstory on the mirror. Back in June 2015, paranormal investigator and creators of the Traveling Museum of Paranormal and Occult, Dana and Greg Newkirk, were contacted by a woman during one of their tours about a haunted mirror. I've mentioned Dana and Greg uh, Newkirk before in the Catskills Crone episode. Which, oh, yeah. Which was episode 65, by the way, if anyone's curious. That was pretty recent. Yeah, it was. And the it, it was, do you remember? Because it was like the one with the nails through the eyes. Yep. And it was found in a cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is one of their objects. Creepy. That one was really creepy. Yeah, I, I would agree. So they're back on it. They have another haunted object, and I'll be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> So the woman's identity that approached Dana and Greg was left anonymous, but for the sake of telling the story, they gave her the name Sarah, and I'll be using that same name just to share. So Sarah explained that her mother had purchased the Black Mirror at a psychic expo because she wanted to start practicing scrying. Weeks after acquiring the mirror, Sarah noticed that her mother became more and more withdrawn. Mm. Whenever she actually got a hold of her mother on the phone, the conversations was often full of gloom and doom as she described. Eventually, Sarah's mom told her that the longer she she tried scrying, the less and less she became successful and mentioned that there's something very wrong with the mirror. So it was like compulsive almost, but she couldn't get it working either, but she wanted to keep trying. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, it became apparent to Sarah that the mirror had some sort of hold on her and something's very wrong. So you're saying... She went out to get something to do something, and it worked. Yeah. So they're like, oh, wait, that's not not like that. <laughs> Person who decides to eat more cheese upset that they're gaining weight. All right. Okay. Well, a few more weeks passed, and Sarah noticed that her mother wasn't getting any better. So she, she decided to go to her mother's house to see for herself what was really going on. 
When she got there, she could tell that the situation had gotten a lot worse and her mother was clearly not okay. Sarah then demanded to see the mirror and after some hesitation, Sarah was led to a closet where her mother revealed the mirror that was wrapped in a black veil. Thinking this was strange, Sarah asked her mom why did she lock away the mirror, and especially yeah, in the closet. Keeping a mirror in the kind of weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Her mother broke down and finally confessed that she believed the mirror was evil. So she was still withholding information and didn't want to come to terms that she's actually kind of scared of the mirror now. Sarah decided to take the mirror back to her house, leaving it wrapped in cloth until she figured out what to do next. It wasn't long until Sarah contacted Dana and Greg and told them about the mirror and asked if they would be willing to take it off her hands. So she's like, look, I got this thing. You guys do whatever you want with it. So she went home and did a Google search for how do you get rid of haunted things? And what better couple than someone who travels and, and you know, this is their thing. This is their job. Because if there's anything we've learned, jobs. breaking it might have been a really bad call. Exactly. We don't know. I mean, or it's she doesn't probably know what sure. I would do, but that's because I make rash decisions. And then that would be the mirror with seven years of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the couple agreed and they took it home and made a space for it in their living room. For a while, it sat there without incident, which wasn't too surprising because neither Dana or Greg were willing to practice crying with the dark mirror quite yet. And Greg says that it wasn't because out of fear, but because he was afraid of the disappointment that the item was not haunted or or cursed or anything, and it was just a hoax. So Mm -hmm. he was kind of like, it wasn't that he wasn't interested. He was just like, I don't know if I want to do anything yet, and what if it is, what if it isn't. They're taking their time, essentially. Don't need to rush into these things. No need to rush, right. Well, both Dana and Greg decided that they were going to take the mirror on their traveling museum. Anyway, Mm -hmm. without even actually experimenting, from what I understand from the article. They decided that the history of the mirror was creepy enough and deserved a moment in the spotlight. One morning, as they were setting up their show, guests that arrived early gathered around and we're watching the couple take out their haunted objects one by one, you know, out of the trunks and everything. Sure. Which was totally allowed. Dana and Greg appreciate the experience because some people tend to have strong reactions immediately after seeing an object. And that's something they can document, something that they can uh, later, you know, figure out maybe why. And, and if it's trend, you know what I mean? Like certain objects sure. do have that. Now, during the event, everyone is welcome to interact with the items presented. So once everything's set up, people can actually touch it and, and sure. whatnot. But they are warned that it's at their own risk and that they're not responsible for what may occur. I mean, do you have to sign anything or um, I think are actually, they going I, with the verbal, hopeful, legal <laughs> protections? Uh, no, I actually do think that they have to sign something. Okay. Yeah. They have like a standard everything, whatever. As soon as people saw the mirror wrapped in its black veil, people asked more questions. So they were actually more interested in the mirror than, than Greg actually thought. So Greg shared the mirror's backstory and to make sure also that everyone is aware of the dangers that might come from holding the mirror. So he tells the story because it's fascinating and people sure. like it. But he's like, but also, you now you know why. Most people that were very reluctant to touch the mirror and others refused to look at it, even though it was so wrapped. But one woman, without hesitation, reached down, grabbed it, ripped off the veil, and after about 30 seconds... The woman's face turned from boredom to wide-eyed. She put the mirror back on the table, face down, and didn't say anything. So this is a small mirror? It's like whatever that is. Well, they can't see it at home. I know, so. but I'm, lo- I'm looking at you. What is that? Like, like two, 
That's like a foot and a half wide? Foot and a half, then, yeah. Is it tops. a square? Is it round? Because when you said put it down, I imagine it was like one with a handle or something. Oh, no, no, no. So it's like a square. Okay. Yeah, and then it has like a gold frame. Oh, so it's gaudy? I mean, I prob- I don't know. I may be hanging it up in this room. Like at first when, when you said, this woman walked up and said, oh, look at it. I was like, is her name Lily? Is it you? <laughs> so. This is exactly what you would surprise, do. Surprise, I was there. You're willing to taunt everything. <laughs> Not taunt, try. You're going to be the death of me. Oh, my gosh. Well, she, I don't know what her name was, but she did do it. And, yeah, like I said, she was completely shocked. And uh, Greg was like, what did you see? And she said, I saw my own decomposed corpse looking back at me. That's a dark mirror. I should not have done that. I need to go say a prayer. Excuse me. Then the woman left without saying another word. Hmm. After this happened, the word quickly spread, and people began approaching the mirror more. Oh, that made more people excited? They're like, wow, it works? Let's do it. They're at this traveling <laughs> museum of haunted objects and the occult, so God, I feel like- are just the worst. They're weird, okay? <laughs> we're weird. Now, most stayed away. They just wanted to see the mirror, but there were a few that were brave enough to peer into it. Throughout the show, some looked into the mirror and said that they didn't see anything or feel anything, so even some that did try it sure. had, no, had nothing- Others, on the other hand, had a different experience, and here are some of them. Some said that they had a vision, but they wouldn't say what it was. Some felt very scared or uneasy. Mm -hmm. One woman pressed her hand on the mirror, then spent the next two hours obsessively cleaning it, trying to get her handprints off, but it wouldn't rub off. Finally, she confessed that she saw her own corpse and other visions that she wouldn't share, so she wanted to take off her imprints so that she wouldn't have that connection to it anymore. Hmm. Apparently, the moment she confessed what she had seen and even threatened to smash the mirror, her handprints mysteriously disappeared. Oh, the mirror's scared, huh? I mean, or maybe he's like, we need to, I just want you to be scared. And now that I've got my fill, that's another kind of theory of what the mirror is doing. Interesting. That I'll eventually get to. So because of all these reported incidents that they, one, were not expecting to even have that effect on people, sure. it actually caused Greg and Dana to rethink their disclaimer and beef it up. So they actually had to make one specifically for the mirror instead of their generic, here, sign this. And oh, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, when the couple was done with their tour and returned home, they unpacked all of their haunted objects and placed them in their designated spots in their house. So they always have these displayed. It wasn't long after Greg started to feel different about the mirror. Something had obviously changed, but he couldn't quite understand why. He'd find himself staring off into space like he was in a daze. He'd constantly think about the mirror, and he would have a strong urge to look into the mirror. Greg does admit that the obsession might have stemmed from strange from the strange encounters he witnessed with the mirror, you know, with other with people. Other people yeah. But he also couldn't shake away the obsession, so he felt like it was so off. A little too strong. Yeah, it's a little too strong, the pull. Now, a month later, the couple was back on tour, and this time they set up at the Museum of, or at Penhurst Paranormal Association. The doors were closed while they were setting up this time, so there weren't any visitors gathering around or anything. But the caretakers that were there noticed the mirror and immediately started to ask questions. After learning its history, one of the caretakers proclaimed she was a skeptic and volunteered to look into the mirror. After a few moments, the woman said that she saw her mouth move as if in a whisper, but she insisted that she never moved her mouth. And people were around her, so they 
sure, confirm. Sure. They're like, yeah, we didn't see you move either, but that's what you saw. Weird. Throughout the night, Dana and Greg realized that the impact the mirror had on people was much stronger. And here are some of those stories. All right. Here we go. One man who was very skeptic and laughed when he heard other people talking about it dismissed I think he even dismissed the disclaimer. I don't even know he even went to sign it. Now, he picked up the mirror, held it in front of him at arm's length. He peered into it for a while, maintained focus, and then suddenly staggered backwards, almost dropping the mirror and began cursing. Once he composed himself, he said that while he could see his reflection, he then saw another figure appear behind him. The figure standing right behind him was his doppelganger. So it was him again. Like a double him. It was a double him. Mm. Very weird. And we have talked about doppelgangers in previous episodes. Make sure yes. to check it out. I don't know which one, but that's Good Lord. A, yeah, I don't remember that episode. It's a episode. good episode, so. I think, I do remember the title. I think it's like, hey, is that ghost me? <laughs> something. <laughs> or something like that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so other stuff. Many people claim to feel like there was an intense electrical charge coming from the mirror while it was being held. Hmm. Yeah, others describe the sensation as almost painful or causing them to have soreness on their arms, so much so that they'd often rub their arms after holding it. Weird. Right? See, I'm curious because I want to know what people who are not informed ahead of time that it's a haunted mirror, if they have any reactions to it. But then, assuming there is actually something haunted about it, if it really is, that's a very unethical thing to do because you're subjecting people in an unfair way. But it's on... I don't... I know. I know what you mean, but it's also hard to prove. So, like, how would you sue them? Oh, no. I'm not worried about being sued. I just mean what is morally right because... If you absolutely don't believe in paranormal stuff, then I would have no worries showing it to you. But if you do believe in it and you don't know it's haunted and I show it to oh, you, I feel like that's a moral problem. Everyone knows that every piece on that table or display is haunted. Oh so. no, absolutely. What I meant was what I meant was I would love to see people who have no mm. pre bias as to what it could be. Like you're it's just hung up in like a student union building at a college. And you just have oh, yeah, hidden cameras really... to see people's reactions. That'd be super messed up. Yeah, that's what I said. It's an ethical, weird It <laughs> sounds ground. like an early 2000s prank show or to something. To be fair, though, if we did it at a college, most people would think it was either an art project or a prank thing. Yeah, yeah. they'd probably be like, oh my God, how, how are you doing this? <laughs> this is a weird filter. Put this on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, you know you don't have TikTok. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, where am I? Oh, yeah. Some people got headaches the moment they looked into it. Mm. One woman said that she could not only taste blood, but felt her mouth filling with blood. That's weird. It's disgusting. Yeah. A woman named Jennifer, who is an investigator with Shock Paranormal, wanted her own experience, so she took the mirror into one of of the rooms in the building or whatever just to be quiet with it. Now, after a half hour, she returned and was completely taken aback. She said that while she was looking in the mirror, she could see many people walking around behind her, which, of course, no one was there. Sure. So that's very interesting. So now they're back home. This is the event has ended. These are just some of the biggest experiences, you know, worth noting. The hits from the show. The hits. Yeah. So after the tour was over, the couple was exhausted, but they made sure to always unpack everything and put it back in its place. They just How responsible of them. Very responsible. Hey, do you want to piss off a bunch of haunted objects? I know I wouldn't. Right after, Greg sat down on the couch and passed out immediately, but was later awoken by his two cats jumping around on one of the chairs 
close that was close by the window. At first, he thought that they were trying to look out the window, but then realized that they were actually interacting with the mirror, which now didn't have its veil. Greg got up and walked towards the mirror to cover it up again, and as soon as he reached over, the cats fled from the room. Since then, the cats refuse to go anywhere near it and even run away when Greg picks up the mirror and, like, kind of not walks towards them. He's not trying to taunt them, but... (laughs) But like if he aren't moves you it, supposed to with cats? Like, but I like that was the rule. Yeah, but if he's like moving it around or or he, it, you know preparing for the show or something like that, and the cats happen to be in the room, they'll like flee. Like they're super terrified. Mm. Yeah. Since then, every time Greg and Dana would walk into their living room every morning, they'd find that the mirror was again unveiled. So they always kept the veil over. Uh, so like any good investigator, they decided to put a camera overnight to capture what's really going on. <laughs> I, I, my solution would have been the camera first, and like, let's put something really heavy over it and see if it can remove it. Like, put it in a cardboard box, be like, try I'm just going to put myself over it. See, take me off. Okay. All right, so camera overnight. Camera overnight. Well, three out of the seven nights that they were filming, the veil came off. But when they- Like, sh- how? Does it just, like, slide off? Well, we don't know, because- when they went to go check the camera, it was always empty. So, like, they couldn't get it to record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Convenient. Convenient. Well, you know. Like, so then the seventh night, the SD card was completely corrupted. They couldn't even get it to work. So, like, did, so did the camera work on the days the veil didn't come off, or did it never work? The camera just never I just, worked. I just, I don't think it ever worked. So. But they know three of the seven nights, because they'd go out there in the morning and the veil was off. I have a notion Okay. That maybe they just needed a better camera. <laughs> they ha- they need a better camera. Maybe. Or like, I don't know. Um, since they do have cats, the cats might have, you know, clawed their way on it. And he does mention that. He's like, you never know. But the fact that they were scared of the mirror true. any other time, he's like, I don't see that happening. Yeah, but the cats didn't make the camera stop working. That's true. They don't have the dis- dexterity, I don't think. So now all that happened, but they're still like, we're still going to take it on tour. So they are now at the Ohio State Reformatory Incident. That's what the name is. And it's actually a fundraiser. So there are some more notable experiences that I'll share with you there. A couple of people said that when they look in the mirror, they saw a black mass floating around them. Like mass? Like a mass. Yeah, black, something shadowy. Other people said that they saw themselves age over 40 years. Mm. Very strange. Kind of like a corpse. You know, there's some people who they see themselves four years old, like, I was totally dead. And they're like 60. You're like, yeah, okay, they just calm got a couple down. of wrinkles. Yeah. And they're just like, I was dead. <laughs> so old. Oh my gosh. So the host of Paramania Radio, Brock and Dave, they were also there at the fundraiser and they had asked Greg to be on the show. At some point during the interview, someone brought over the mirror because Brock wanted to peer into it on live air. Oh, okay. So they were, yeah, recording. So he reaches over and holds it in front of him for only a few seconds and yells out, holy shit, (laughs) (laughs) and describes seeing his face, but it looked wrong, like it was distorted, and then he saw his mouth twist into a grin. Brock immediately covered the mirror and wouldn't even look at it for the rest of the interview. Do you think it was evil Brock? Brock? Brock. (laughs) (laughs) It was Brock. It was totally Brock. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, after the tour, now they're back home, and here's go- here's what went on there. All right. And like I mentioned before, most of the items that they bring on the tour usually just sits on display in their house. Sure. Okay. Well, 
when they put the mirror back up, it seemed to conjure up activity in the other haunted items in the house. Oh. Yeah. Since each item had its own history and kind of story and and quirks that you know when it's like that specific haunting occurring. You know what I mean? It's poisoning the well. It's It's a bad influence. It's a bad influence. Yeah, exactly. The one that your mom always warns you about. (laughs) A haunted painting they had hanging on the wall flew across the room on its own. They had a creepy haunted doll. This is my favorite one, by the way. They had a creepy haunted doll named Ruby that vanished suddenly and was never seen again. (laughs) Just disappeared? It just... Goodbye. What if it's in the mirror now? Ew. Ruby and the mirror, you know, they're like fighting crime. Either that or a cat just like dragged it outside and it just disappeared. (laughs) It's in a hole. Oh my gosh. Maybe. Well, I mean, at at the very least, it disappeared and they couldn't find it since the article was written. and, And I don't, I don't know. Maybe a month later it was found. I'm not sure. Late that night, the couple heard the planchette for the Ouija board moving around when it was still in its display case. So they heard mm. that. And they know what it sounds like because I guess like whatever totally. material it was or whatever. Totally. Very, very creepy. After so many incidents, Greg and Dana decided to remove the mirror from display and store it in the chest where they made sure to wrap it in a sheet and place a rosary over it for good measure. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was uh, intense. Since the mirror has been put away, the activity around the other objects has reduced significantly. Like okay. some of the objects are just active. They do their own thing. But, you know, because they're haunted, but it's nowhere near as crazy as it was. Now here's Greg's point of view. And it's kind of something that we kind of said earlier. He doesn't actually believe that the mirror is haunted in the actual term, but rather that it that it feeds off human interaction and fear, which I think what he means is that it's not a living spirit or, or or you know so spirit it's not mm-hmm. anything that used to be living that's living in the mirror now or anything like that but rather it's a it's like a powerful tool almost like it's it can you know the woman that was trying to learn scrying probably shouldn't have learned on this mirror gotcha. you know maybe someone more resourceful or like knowledgeable may have been able to control it maybe not we don't know so this might what people are seeing might not be it's not the mirror doing it. The mirror is just a tool that allows people to get whatever. And it collects happen. the energy and, you know, you being scared does sure. give it power, but maybe that energy could have been used differently as well. Huh. Interesting thought. Yeah. Um, I like that in the article, he kind of described it as a kind of battery <laughs> so that it can be charged and energized, but it can also charge other things. It can be used. And it just keeps going. And going. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the couple doesn't display the mirror in their house anymore, I actually do think it's still part of the traveling museum because when I went on their website on paramuseum.com, you could see pictures of the dark mirror under their, it's called the selected or selected artifacts page, which I assume means that these are the items they're currently using. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like what you can see on display right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think it is. Sure, sure. During their tour. And yeah, so I, I, I went to look because I was like, maybe they're going to be somewhere close to us or something or whatever. I but currently they're not actually, they, they haven't listed any any dates yet. Okay. So as far as uh, this but year. Where do they normally tour? Like, I actually don't know. They don't have like previous tour dates or It doesn't anything. seem like something that comes to New Mexico. Nah, I doubt it. I'm not saying New Mexico, but you know, we can maybe schedule a vacation around it or something. Like a little trip. You want to look in the mirror. <laughs> look in the mirror i ain't looking in it i'll go with you but i ain't looking i want to see the cat skills crone because that's still that's also in the selected i I am interested in seeing that yeah i want to see it 
and you know other cool stuff that they have you know if we're taking his notion let's just let's just pretend he's right about this whole battery thing so it's a battery thing that's a very powerful tool and can cause things around it to go all awry and everything do you really think bringing it on tour and feeding it all these people's battery energy is a good idea and then you take it home and stuff goes bad i mean i i think it's also something that they're trying to control when it's not mm-hmm. and maybe you know because it, it's a really it's a crowd pleaser <laughs> you know so in it other works. words it gets them money they're like it's cursed but gotta pay the bills or it's something that people can experience as well people go to these things to either you know validate or like just be skeptics and and not care and become believers you know they're like if i see it maybe but then you know they were just walking around and you know touching everything and if the mirror works well then a believer will be born you're gonna ruin my life we're gonna go to one of these <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm gonna be like there's all these things yeah that are haunting me now have, it's all your fault i have this doll ruby she's been following me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to see this mirror that's okay I mean, I mean, so, okay. Was there at least video of it? Did you kind of see what a black mirror is supposed to look like? I mean, I... Well, I don't there just mean, like, a, in an image, but I mean, like, what reflections? Like, what, do they look... It's literally black, but you can see yourself. Is it... So, do you look kind of, like, shadowy and kind of less um, defined because it's not as it's clear? It's not going to be as defined as a regular mirror, yeah. So, it is supposed... It's to, tinted. It, it'll just generally look creepier. Yeah, it's kind of like when you look in a really, like, super tinted window of a okay. car, and you're like, I can't see inside it, but I can see myself. Totally. Yeah. And I guess how well the light is outside or, you know, around you. But yeah, that's my story. That's basically the whole article. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say real quick, um, if you guys want to look at the article itself, it is on weekandweird.com and it's run by Greg and Dana Newkirk, which is the same people who do the traveling museum. And it's his experience. And then, you know, the other mirror information I just got from research, but that's the bulk of it really. Yeah. Well, if, if, Mirrors are something that you're fascinated in or they creep you out and you want to learn more, check that out. Yeah, absolutely. But that is my story. All right. Well, I got one coming up, but we need a break. I need more water. And, well, you still have wine, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to get rid of it (laughs) because you're going to be listening this next time. I'm going to be listening. I'm going to take a few gulps and then I'm going to refill. All right. We'll see you guys after the break. Okay. So we're back and I have... A little bit more wine in my cup and a little drink that I will be doing right now. So cheers, Chase. Cheers. Because guess what? You're next. All right, everybody. Get ready for an end of episode encounter, counter, counter. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's been far too long. It's tinfoil hat time, guys, because this most recent story has both UFOs and conspiracy. Ooh. <laughs> For those of you not into UFO sightings, you might be surprised to hear that there are so many UFO sightings reported every single day in the United States, like more than you would ever imagine. Project Blue Book received more than 12,000 sightings in a 22-year span between 1947 and 1969. The National UFO Reporting Center has allegedly processed over 150,000 reports since they first opened in 1974. And this stuff isn't limited just to the U.S. either. According to Canadian UFOologist Christopher Rutkowski, around 1,000 UFO reports are filed in Canada annually. He also goes on to say that most sightings in Canada actually have an average of two witnesses each, which is kind of cool. You know, a little bit of, a little more credit than normal. Yeah. But sightings are so widespread that an article on Stacker claimed that, quote, more than 40,000 Americans bought into alien protection insurance. 
which offers customers monetary relief should a loved one get carted away by little green men. <laughs> one Roper poll in 1991 suggests that around 4 million Americans believe they've been abducted by aliens, end quote. Wowza. They're trying to collect that insurance. My thoughts on this are pretty much, you can believe or not believe in aliens all you want. That's your call. But who honestly believes that an insurance company would ever pay you out for a claimed alien I would abduction? feel like... Okay, I'll buy the insurance, but what what do you require as evidence? You know, they're like, oh, we need videotape or something. You're like, well, that's not going to happen. Absolutely. So let's take a little tangent and talk about alien insurance for a minute. Because <laughs> you have the same questions I do. Who, who, what, how, why, everything. Yes. My first question was, how much does that premium cost? Ooh, there you go. Know. According to Wikipedia, the first company to offer alien abduction insurance was St. Lawrence Agency in Altamonte Springs, Florida. Mm. Of course, Florida. Dang That's it, where Florida. all this stuff happens. <laughs> and that company is understandably permanently closed. So a lot of people lost a lot of money. They bought <laughs> insurance that, policies and it's gone. Was that their only offer? Like they or were, were they like an insurance company and then they also offered that? Hard to tell because it's gone. Oh uh, well. But we'll okay. get a little bit more into that in a second, for sure. The Wikipedia article also claims that both the Daily Telegraph and Geico confirm that an English company has sold over 30,000 alien abduction policies. Mm. To clarify, Geico doesn't sell one. They just had an article on their website discussing bizarre insurance policies such as this, including ghosts, poltergeists, <laughs> and they even talked about how Gene Simmons insured his trademark tongue for a million dollars. Oh, weirdo. The Daily Telegraph article was a little more detailed. It claimed that 37,000 people paid 100 British pounds, which is around $119 US like by today's standards, mm -hmm. for alien abduction insurance from a company called Grip. And for those of you that are on top of your math game, that's over 4 million US dollars that they got just on alien abduction Jeez. insurance. And they have never made a single payout. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised on that one. So, I mean, they just got $4 million to say, oh, yeah, if alien abductions happen, you're covered, knowing they're never going to have to pay anything. I just, I wonder if there's laws now implemented that you're like, you can't just sell whatever insurance, and I don't know. But maybe you can, because people do believe this. Those are my exact thoughts, because the whole idea of this makes me feel weird, partly because I felt just like you do. There should be laws that prevent companies from exploiting people like this. But the exploitation, then, I think, is like the worst part, but yeah. But then there's this other part of me that is saying, well, people should be able to spend money on whatever they want, even if it's stupid. Like, that's their right. It is their right. Absolutely. And then there's a part of me that thinks, I really want to start an alien insurance company so <laughs> I can just get rich. Because if someone's dumb enough to buy it, I'll take the money. I just don't Give think I me. can do that to someone. I'd be like, okay. Or I'd be like counseling and insurance. So I will... I will provide this service, but I will do everything I can to let you know this how stupid this is. Now, if you still want it, now it's your fault. Oh, I thought you meant like counseling for people who claim to have been abducted. Oh. So you're like, you're like oh, you have? It's like, don't worry, come over to my house. No, and they come I, over and they're like, by the way, you weren't abducted. I don't want to hear about that shit. I'm like, you're scaring me. Don't tell me. I would just be like, it didn't happen. I'm not paying anything. Get out. Right. I have a clause in the, in the insurance contract that says if I believe you, I'll pay. Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> But I did find the website claiming to sell alien abduction insurance through that now closed insurance company, St. Lawrence Agency. 
Now, I'm not going to give out the web address because it looks like a scam site to steal money and people's information. Mm. But know that it looks like it was designed in 1996 and hosted on GeoCities. If anyone actually falls for it, I just, I have no words. This website looks bunk. (laughs) And so their normal website, as you asked earlier, did they sell other insurance? I can't tell because the only info I can find is this weird website. Okay. It's got a really crappy title. And you go there and they're like, pay $25 for digital insurance, $30 for a paper version. Like, they'll send you a paper one. How you're getting it, okay. And it has all these weird banners and scrolling text and it's just all colorful text. It looks terrible. And the only part that I think allows them to get away with this is at the top they said the perfect gift for people who have everything. And I was like, ooh, I have a feeling when you buy this insurance policy – it has in fine lines that this is not real, that this is a gift. Oh, uh, so the it's idea is funny, maybe. Well, but the thing is, I don't know if this is actually affiliated with the original insurance company that's closed because they can just write that on that's, their page. I no, just don't know. That's a little scammy. dangerous. It's very scammy. Well, it's scammy, but it's also dangerous. Like, what if someone? I don't know. I'm not saying like it, they can prove it or whatever, but you can get sued. And be like, well, it wasn't really insurance. I don't know. It gets a little muddled. I think. I'm, I'm with you. I was all. I'm still at this moment having a hard time believing anyone's ever paid for alien abduction insurance. (laughs) You can't get over that hump yet. And the fact that someone offered it, for some reason, someone offering it is less upsetting because I know people always try to get money. Sure. But I'm always shocked at how people lose money. I'm not shocked. I just, you know, you hear some of the scams and unfortunately, or just even a link that you know you probably shouldn't have clicked on and then you had a virus and you're like, I knew it and I did it anyway. Yeah, you know, everyone has their flaws. It's fine. But like I said, it has nothing to do with whether or not you believe in aliens or alien abductions. That's a completely different issue. The fact is, this insurance exists, and you know that since there's been no documented proof of any sort of alien abductions, that means they can use that to never pay you your money back. So you're throwing money away. And even if it did occur, like, you know, you really were abducted by aliens. You're not getting money. You're still not going to get the money. So yeah. it's, it's a scam all around. Yeah, it's just a scam all around. It has yeah. nothing to do with belief or not belief. They, they're <laughs> exactly. not going to pay. But enough of that tangent. Sorry, it was sure. a little thing. But I, when I was doing my research for this other stuff, I ran into this and I was like, I have I to talk about I find this. this very fascinating and upsetting. So let's get back to the UFO sightings. I was talking about how common they are. Because of the sheer number of sightings reported daily, most news and local media stations will not run reports on any of the things that they receive. Mm. And that's even assuming people are reporting them to news stations. Most people, when they see UFOs, they tend to contact the police or the military. They don't call up the news and just be like, there's UFOs out there. They usually go towards authorities that might be able to help instead of news stations. Sure. That makes sense. However, when thousands of people report the same UFO sighting... On the same day, in the same area, the news does tend to take Mm -hmm. notice. And then I get a little intrigued because it's kind (laughs) of like, wow, it's a big enough deal. But what intrigues me even more than it being on the news is when my friends, people I know personally, tell me they saw an unidentified thing. They don't know what it is, but they see like a UFO. Right. Then I really care. Yay. Well, tonight I'm going to talk briefly about an incident that happened to be both reported to me by friends, and it made the news. So a few weeks back, our friends Rob and Gabby sent us a photo of unidentified lights that they saw off the coast of San Diego. Yes, they did. The lights they saw were spotted on June 27th, and as previously mentioned, they weren't the only ones to see it. It's hard to get an exact number because so many people wouldn't have even reported it, 
and others might have reported in multiple places, but it's pretty easy to deduce that the lights were witnessed by many thousands of people. Nice. The reports and videos came from all over the Southern California coast, from Encinitas all the way down to Chula Vista and down into Tijuana, Mexico. These lights were bright and they were obvious. You could see them from so far away. Like these, these were not tiny little vague things. Like people were seeing it all over the place. That is so wild. The number of lights visible was dependent upon the viewer's vantage point. Some were only able to see three lights, but others were able to see as many as five. And there were a couple reports of a sixth light, but I didn't see huh. any videos with six. I saw plenty of videos with five. Oh, so you saw a lot of videos. Oh, I, I assume I, I've so. I've probably seen like 40 videos. Holy moly. And they're almost, they almost look identical, but you can tell if they're up north. Different or if vantage. Yeah. But it's, I always see five. I, I maybe didn't watch some videos long enough for a sixth light to appear. So that may be on me, but at some point you're kind of like overseeing it. Sure. The formation appeared to be three lights in a horizontal line with two lights, possibly even three, on another horizontal line, either below it or beyond it. Because it was off coast, sometimes it's hard to tell if something's below or if it's just further away, so it looks like it's below, but uh, it's not. Right, yeah, yeah. So, and these lights appear to stay relatively stationary in the sky. There's obviously some movement moving around, but not the type of movement you get from a plane or a helicopter that has some sort of destination. The range and area in which they moved was so small and their formation remained consistent. The mm. lights also appeared to be solid and not flash like the indicator lights, you know, you guys are familiar with at the bottom of planes and helicopters. There wasn't like a red flashing light. It was it was pretty much a still light. However, every now and then you'd see one flicker and disappear. Okay, that's weird. And then okay. it would come back, but when it came back, it'd be on for a while. So it wasn't like a rhythmic pattern strobing that now, we're used to. you mean one at random or there were like the third one always did that or something? Uh, the, the three on the top seem to be there all the time. It's the ones down below the two. Oh, okay. Those are the ones that were disappearing and kind of reappearing. Okay. So not quite sure what was going on. Some of the videos, sometimes you couldn't tell if there was some cloudiness in the way either. Cause a lot of these were cell phone videos from a distance. Right. Enough cell phone videos that, you know, people saw something and it wasn't a plane. Sure. They're all pretty low quality videos. So you can't get any like super detailed information. Okay. That's fair. And so I should also mention that these lights, the the color looked kind of like a reddish orangish oh, color. So you know okay. they weren't blue, they weren't green, they're kind of a reddish orange. Not white, but maybe off white. No, they, they definitely had kind of a reddish orange offset to them. Like okay. yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So image and video posts to social media were full of a range of different theories. As you can assume, many of them were bizarre, satirical, crazy. <laughs> but a lot of them suggested reasonable answers such as military drills or drones, things like that. Drones to be that bright, seeing from far away, though, little extreme. I don't know. I mean, I'm not in, in tune with that world, so I don't know how, how crazy it gets, but... Well, and the military training things makes a lot of sense considering how many military bases are in the vicinity of San Diego. Oh, yeah. There's quite a few, and we're going to talk about that. CBS 8 in San Diego reported on the lights the next day on June 28th with no theory as to what the lights were. They also reported that both the North Island Naval Air Station and Camp Pendleton were unsure what the lights were when they were contacted. Now, Camp Pendleton is a Marine Corps base considerably north of San Diego proper. It's in Oceanside, which is far north of Encinitas, almost halfway to Laguna Beach. It's far. Oh. So it's not surprising that even if it were a military exercise that they would have really had anything to do with it or knowledge of it. But the NAS North Island denial is far more interesting. The North Island base is right in the heart of San Diego on the coast. If this were a military exercise just off the coast of San Diego, they would know about it. This was this was their jam. This right. is their area. 
and that that means even if the drill was being run by the Air Force, they would know about it because this is right off the coast of this base, like sure. right there. However, when contacted by CBS 8, they're like, we have no idea what this is. No way. In contrast to the report, NBC7, another news station in San Diego, stated in the report, which was also done on the 28th, mentioned that they had yet to hear back from the military about the lights, but they did mention that San Diego lifeguards told San Diego PD that they were flares being used for military exercises. Now, I don't really know what to think about that. Well... And this is complicated because... I'm not an expert on lifeguards. Or and and, and I'm not we're not talking like swimming pool lifeguards here. We're talking coastal <laughs> lifeguards. My, um, my, my, I watched Baywatch. I'm pretty sure I know a lot. I was gonna say our breadth <laughs> of knowledge is that David Hasselhoff runs most of the life saving practices all along I know, the coast. You have to be cute. <laughs> you that's gotta all, be cute. That's good all looking. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what to say about this because you wouldn't think that if the military were running operations and needed to inform the public about it, that the first people they would contact is the lifeguards. So, so I'm, I'm I don't feel qualified to actually judge whether or not this information should be credible or anything. I mean, I don't know, but like, I guess I feel like it's credible enough, you know, like any anyone else, but. My thing about the whole situation is that it was like a flare exercise. Have flares advanced without my knowledge? Like, are there flares that stay stationary in balls? Well, and that could and be not the move? thing is it could be new flares they're testing that, that are doing weird and things. And that's could be totally like reasonable. Flares and which everything. makes sense why maybe some of them like flicker out or something. Yeah. yeah. What I want to point out is that if this were a legitimate military exercise, how incredibly stupid is it for them to conduct exercises near major metropolitan areas without informing either the police or news directly. They allegedly told the lifeguards about it, which I guess makes sense because they do have helicopters for rare rescues. Oh, but, and they don't want them to be yeah, intervening but, but, maybe or something. Well, but they're also going to be out on the water maybe if they're looking for people at it's night. Like if anyone's going to notice it's them for sure. Yeah. yeah. When the news contacted the military bases directly, they had no idea what was going on, which makes this whole thing confusing. Mm. So why aren't they informing people about this stuff? Especially when the exercise is going to be extremely apparent and it's going to look weird. Five hovering lights in the sky behaving nothing like the planes and helicopters the public is used to seeing. These incidents are obviously going to be reported. So any secrecy gained by not informing the local police is totally lost by this. And I'm not talking about in-depth explanations either. Something as simple as them saying, there's going to be military exercises performed off the coast tonight. It may be, <laughs> it may result in reports of lights in the sky. This is normal right. and do not waste your time with it. How simple Just is that? Anything. But they don't do that. So this is why I'm confused by the whole thing. It, it um, Because you can't hide it. So yeah. it's not like they're like, Maybe no one will notice. And you're like, uh, everyone's going to notice, even other bases, and you know, whatever, like you were saying, the one that was closer to it. And even they had no idea. This is absolutely the time to tell people this is just an exercise or absolutely. whatever. And no one's going to be weirded out about it because there are so many military bases and military personnel right. in San Diego. I think this is a huge issue. In the three <laughs> weeks since this has happened, there has been no update or follow-up beyond lifeguards told PD quietly that this was military exercise, nothing else. No military reply, no nothing. Right. This is just it, which already makes me upset because they're like, oh, we're going to worry about other things and not worry about these lights that everybody saw. Mm -hmm. So I think that we have two options here. And please, if you think of a third one, let me know. Mm. But I think these are the two options. The first is that the military was indeed performing an exercise using some form of flare off the coast or some sort of light emitting thing. Mm -hmm. 
And due to the sheer ineptitude of people in charge, the only people informed <laughs> were lifeguards. And even the other military facilities in the area were not told. It then took a while for information to trickle down from the lifeguards to local police and then eventually to the news. Right. It's embarrassing to admit that this is entirely within the realm of possibility. <laughs> we are very used to government-run organizations having a lot of stupid people in it that failed And upwards. not just, like, stupid, but, like, even the lifeguards are like, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to share this information. Or whoever, you know, was being contacted, they're like, I do know it's an exercise. And the fact that no one else seems to know or, like... Uh -huh. whatever should i share this information and they probably called this person and called this person and yeah. word didn't get around fast enough and now we're covering the story and maybe it would have <laughs> been covered more if there was panic and there doesn't seem to have been panic right but i have option number two so that's option one here's okay. my option number two something weird actually did happen okay. don't know what it is i'm not saying it was ufos okay not so even now, saying it's anything alien now i do have a third so, due to its location off the coast, lifeguards may have been the first to spot it. Because they would have boats way out there and everything. And they were the ones who started asking around, trying to figure it out. And at this point, certain military officials panicked and told them it was a military exercise mm. just to give an excuse for whatever it was. And the other public departments weren't informed directly. Now, that isn't to say it was a UFO. I don't know what it was. But the whole thing feels weird. And perhaps... It was an exercise that they didn't think people would see, and then they panicked. Or what if it was like Russian drones, and they don't want to admit to the public that there were drones oh, that they had to take down? My, and yeah. they're like, we're just going to say it's an exercise because they don't want people to freak out. That, to me, is like an attack or something. It's something weird, and the reason lifeguards found out about it was because they were the first ones to see it, and the military didn't know what to do. They didn't have a full story prepared, so they said it's exercises, which is why it just trickled slowly through this intermedium. I think this is also possible. Once again, sure, could be UFOs, could be drones, could be military exercises. They didn't. So think you're just bundling weird into one thing. The weird, something okay. weird happened, and the reason we're hearing from the lifeguards is because the military was not ready to. They were not prepared for yeah. whatever it was. I mean, I I can see that happening, but I also feel like they should have standby dialogue. They're like, in case of a light situation or in case of an explosion, like I don't know. I feel like there should be a a, a, a book that you can reference. You're like. You know, when, um, I don't know why this suddenly crossed in my head, but it just reminds me of that scene in Friends when Phoebe is selling, I forgot what it was, like insurance or something over the phone. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> they have the reference book. And they have the reference book. Like, okay, if they say no, you have all these, like, you know, comebacks or, like, things to, yeah. to, to reply with. If and A, if, then B. And if a telemarketing company has those, I feel like the military would as well. So maybe that was one of them saying it was an exercise, but I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And once again, we're also assuming people who have their shit together were on top of it. And yeah. Maybe they just didn't. Maybe everyone was caught with their trousers down or maybe they're like, who cares? It's just a flare exercise. And someone said, there's no way thousands of people are going to film this with their smartphones <laughs> and go weird lights off the coast. Yeah. And that's hard to believe that they wouldn't think that but i don't know so you said you had a number three and i really want to hear it oh i just felt like ufos deserve their own category okay. <laughs> don't sell my ufos so my second option totally does mean it could have been a ufo yeah, yeah yeah i think that's the extreme example to assume it was ufos the way the lights were definitely had it wasn't as extreme or dramatic kind of but it had a phoenix the phoenix lights phoenix kind lights. of going on and by the way 
if they're the same flares they've been using and exercising, then either they have it down or they don't. Yeah, they figured out perfect, like, floaty yeah. flares. I was like, um, you guys have been flaring since the 90s. I have no <laughs> idea what's happening anymore. We get it. You flare. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at this point, I'm just going to say that the official story from Lifeguards just doesn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it bothers me so much. I get that it could happen. I do accept that. But for some reason, it just doesn't sit well. Right. So I'm pretty much open to the tinfoil hat theories with this one. I think they're a little bit more interesting. And I think the fact that the news seems to have abandoned this means that there's more room for those tinfoil hat theories to take precedence because they said people stop caring. We can walk away from this. And the military is probably like, phew, yeah. we don't have to. We, <laughs> our, our PR guy doesn't have to come into the office today because, right. you know, dealing with all this. All I can say is that if I were living in San Diego, I'd probably have my binoculars out every night and I'd be doing for some glances next... around for, for like a couple months at least. Yeah, exactly. Just because that's the kind of guy that You're I have my little telescope. Post Malone it, you know. Yeah, so any of uh, any of our listeners out in the San Diego area, I hope you have either binoculars or a telescope and check some stuff out. Yeah, see or just, cool. you know, go out there every once in a while, take a gander, see what's Let up. us know what else yeah. you see. Let's see if there's a, a sequel coming up. A sequel. But relating to the UFO sightings in general, a report on NBC News from July 13th of this year stated that a bipartisan amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act was passed by the House. This amendment would help establish a secure way in which people could report unidentified aerial phenomena to the proper authorities, which they claimed were, quote, certain scientists, analysts, and government personnel, end quote. Exact details have yet to be hammered out and final legislation hasn't been created, but this all seems to be a response to the recent UFO information that has come to light, mm -hmm. such as the intelligence report that indicated 143 of 144 cases of UFOs reported by military planes lacked sufficient evidence to explain. Okay. So I have to admit, it's always weird when you hear about politicians discussing UFOs in an official serious context right and they're not responding to a crazy guy asking him questions <laughs> so it lends a level of legitimacy to the concern and i don't know if that makes me happier or more scared but i it think it scares the crap out of me that's for sure but it does seem like they're like okay there's enough here that we need to create proper channels so that people can talk about legitimate issues because i don't think they care about you know Joe Schmo out in the middle of nowhere who claims he sees an alien in the sky and nothing happens. Right. That They're not worried about that. I think this is more for things like if a pilot sees something, you know, a qualified or pilot. Or other officials. People yeah. with, you know, either evidence or, or a high level of credibility. And they're saying, I saw something. I'm not saying it's an alien. I don't know what this is. I need this to be analyzed and discussed. Seems like they're working on that because they realized a lot of these things, these, these Tic Tacs, these weird UFOs that they've seen. Not everyone seems com comfortable with any of the explanations and they're working on it. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so Working on a better story or like working on figuring it out? <laughs> working on figuring it out. Okay. And even if they find some things out, I highly doubt we're going to hear about them. Exactly. But I, I want to know that there are people, at least people who seem qualified, at least working on it makes me feel happier. I want to be privy to it because I want to know everything. Yeah. But uh, they're totally going to tell us about it. Yeah, they're going to they're going to come over to my house and they're going to be like, Chase. Yeah, you. We just we found out what that was with the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we need you to inform all of your listeners. Yeah, all of them. Oh, my gosh. Rob and Gabby. Now, you know, <laughs> that is all. 
So anyway, that's that's the UFO story I have for you today. Woohoo! Okay, I was so curious if you're going to cover it or not. Um, I'm really glad you finally did. Yeah, we would have covered it earlier, but we didn't get an episode out last week because too many things got in the way. So that's I mean, our bad. I feel like that's just our life now, apparently. But no, we are trying to make it weekly still. But if you want to see some of those videos, Ooh. all you have to do is you if you just like Google search or YouTube search June 27th San Diego UFO. Like June twenty seventh, and you're gonna you're gonna be able to see a lot of people's videos, and they're pretty cool. They're they're pretty neat videos. I mean, we're just talking about like five lights in the sky, but it's still pretty neat because you'll see so many and realize this was not one guy seeing something that you can. It's not the that was so shaky that you couldn't even. Yeah, yeah. you can tell it's not the Elon Musk's internet satellite. You can tell it's not other yeah. satellites. You can tell that this is definitely different, which is right. which is cool. So check it out on YouTube if you're uh, interested in seeing the videos. I think they were pretty fun. They'll get a little dull after you've hit five or six of them, but, you know, one of them's usually I like how you're like, oh, my God, I'm so over this UFO. (laughs) Can we have something, do something different? (laughs) Change color, poking it with a stick. Do something. Do something. (laughs) But so even though that was my story related to UFOs, I want to let everyone know about a movie coming out this Friday. Jordan Peele, the director of the critically acclaimed horror films Get Out and Us, has a new science fiction horror film called Nope. Yes. So if the trailers are any indication, UFOs are the main subject matter. <laughs> it's not hiding it. That's no, for not sure. at all. And to be honest, this movie looks amazing I and terrifying. cannot wait to see this movie. Absolutely. I hope we can actually see it on Friday. I want to. So if you haven't heard of it, go give the trailer review on YouTube. It's worth your time. I mean, his other movies are awesome, so yeah. I have confidence. And don't worry, because as usual, even if we do get to see it before next episode, we're we're never going to include spoilers on here. We'll just tell you whether or not we liked it or not. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. But we just wanted to make sure other UFO interested. Enthusiasts. Yeah. (laughs) Knew that this movie existed because it's a lot harder for people who are cable cutters like us. Seeing ads for new movies is not that common. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's just a heads up to that. And... I also wanted to let all our listeners know around the world that if you're in a place that has a big heat wave going on, one, we feel bad for you. It's really hot where we are, too. We feel it. But this is just a reminder that please hydrate. We live in a desert, and we are really bad about hydrating because we, we're drinkers. And if you're drinkers like us, it's <laughs> yeah. real easy to forget to hydrate. So we just want to give a little PSA. Please hydrate. I'm hearing stories about people who are passing out from heat exhaustion all over the world. and Just look out for yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And if you drink... Make sure you drink water, too. <laughs> That's so nice of you. I had no idea you cared so much. It, I've just been seeing it a lot on, like, Reddit and the news. Oh, really? And, and I'm just, a lot of people are dealing with heat they're not used to. They're in areas where it didn't get this hot before. I see. And I hate that this is a trend, but I just, just a reminder, please drink water. We had to get used to it young, and Honestly, we're still bad at it. yeah, we're still terrible. Not as bad, because clearly we yeah. have not passed out, but especially with our drinking habits, and yeah, water, I forget all the time. I literally sometimes write it down on a post-it and put it on my computer. Drink your water, bitch. That's usually what I say to myself. Yeah. And then I do. Yeah. Well, a news report just hit that. Uh, so in our state, we have a national park called White Sands. People love going to it. It's absolutely gorgeous, but it's also incredibly dangerous. People oh, die yeah. there every year. Someone just passed away. They found his body what? like a mile away from where he parked. And they recommend, you know, if you're there, make sure you have at least a gallon of water per person per day. Make sure you're wearing a hat and sunscreen. And they also recommend you not be there for a day because it's so dangerous and you can lose where you are. And a lot of people. And it's hot. You'll burn. And the guy who died had water on him and a hat. 
Oh, okay, so it sounds like he just got lost. He got lost, but he he was probably trying to ration out his water, right. and it just didn't work out. So, you know, this stuff happens all the time. Just take care of yourselves. Make sure you drink water. Yeah, bummer. Wow, that's super sad. Yeah, drink your water. I'm glad you said that then. But that's all I got. Okay, well, I'm. Uh, that was a really good story, by the way. I... It freaked me out. So when our friends, they sent us the picture and a group chat and everything. And I was like, I cannot handle this. This is I'm one gonna... of the few times you actually knew what my story was going to be. Because you're yeah. like, you got to cover it. And I was like, well, oh, no, absolutely. I didn't know when you were going to cover it. So well, that's I wanted also... to do it as quickly as possible. Okay. Just, just, that's fair. We just missed an episode. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. But anyway, in my head, I was like, I don't know if he's going to do this. I'm sure he will. But I... I like I get scared because I'm like, what if this is it? And I don't want to. I don't want to know. <laughs> I want to hear about the story before they come and kill us all. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be surprised. Don't worry, babe. For your birthday, I'm getting you a alien abduction insurance. I, I hear it's a good investment. <laughs> oh yes, because as you know, I have everything. <laughs> I don't need other stuff. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, so we got a haunted mirror and we got aliens. I think this is a really good episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I want to thank you all for joining us today. And if it's your first episode, well, I'd like to welcome you and drink your water. And I hope you join us next time. And also go back and listen to some episodes. We got some bangers. We really... (laughs) You heard it. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, you can always also send us an email at hotwpodcast at gmail.com with your story suggestions or just another spooky story that you might want to share with us that we will share in our listeners' episodes. And as always, like we always say, if you find yourself having a work week hangover or a boxed wine kind of hangover, (laughs) well, don't worry, because the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye.